This is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast, hosted by Roman Prokopchuk, bringing you all things digital marketing, tech, business, and motivation. What's stopping you from becoming relentless in all aspects of life? Are you ready to become a digital savage? Let's get into today's episode. Hey everyone, this is Roman Prokopchuk, and this is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast. Today I have with me Gabrielle and Brian Boucher, co-founders of The Purpose Company, as well as the upcoming book, Extreme Clarity, for why you're here and what to do about it. Thank you for joining me today. Hey, thanks for having us. My pleasure. So tell me a little bit about your journey. How did you get to where you are today? You know, um, this, this has been a, 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 as much of a personal journey of discovering purpose as much as we like to help others discover their purpose. Um, you know, for me, uh, years ago, six, seven years ago now, uh, I was going through a really tough time in my life. I went through uh, a layoff and a divorce, and that all happened in the same month. And so I completely bottomed out, and I found myself in kind of one of those transition trench life moments and I had a lot of great mentors around me and uh, those mentors kept telling me you need to discover your purpose discover your purpose and it sounded nice and it sounded responsible and it sounded like a good idea but none of them had a way of telling me how to discover my purpose so I knew what I needed to do but not how I needed to do it and it led to this personal um, journey of asking this really key question, are there parts to someone's purpose? Is purpose more than this mountaintop, go find it in a sunset experience, or is it much more practical, left to right, linear? And once I discovered that, it not only uh, enabled me to get through a, a very, let's say, very depressed part in my life, but it also allowed me to turn around and and start to lift others up as well. Yeah, that's awesome. I think that's... Uh important and i think everybody goes through some of those things when one thing happens everything else starts imploding i think they say you know things come in threes a similar thing happened to me in terms of the past with layoffs or getting fired before kind of founding a company and in terms of experiencing loss and then obviously family illness and things of that nature so i think it's really important to kind of get yourself out of it and overcome that when you do fall at parts of your life Absolutely. And I think for most people, and I'm sure this is something you've experienced and your listeners have experienced is, you know, you have these moments where your plan isn't working out. It's like up to a certain point, I think that we've all been told, you know, in order to get a good job, you got to go to college, you got to check off all the should to should do boxes. And in doing so, you know, we're just waiting for that next moment, that next platform, that next job opportunity um, to be the permission we've been waiting for to you know really become our truest selves. But when that plan doesn't work out, you know, I checked off all the boxes and went to college, then went to uh, went to grad school because I, you know, believed the um, believed the lie at the time that I wouldn't make enough money unless I went back into the um, that degree wheel and continuing to go back and get it more and more in debt. And when my life wasn't working out how I, how I expected it to, I got frustrated, I got depressed, I got anxious looking at the future because I was 
marching towards 30 at the time saying, this isn't how my life was going to turn out and how did I get here? And, uh, and so I think that those moments are um, really gifts to be able to sit and reflect to determine who you are and how did you get here? And most importantly, who can you help? Yeah, I agree. And I think uh, situations like that, I think society tells you a certain framework of what you should do and one that's not for everyone and kind of getting out of a hive mentality and really thinking about what you're good at, what you have to contribute. And I think for me personally, turning from my 20s into my 30s, switching over to a kind of a legacy and a heart-led mindset has exponentially kind of grown my visibility and my business and just kind of the joy in terms that I get in helping people and kind of collaborating with people as well. And that's, that's the true essence. That's the real secret to um, not only experiencing feelings of fulfillment, uh, but having the opportunity to help others. Um, Purpose is what you have to help others in its basic definition, as it relates to being a human being, um, with a purpose, it's what you have to help others. But fulfillment is the result of helping others with what you have. And it's kind of this secret that lurks below the surface because in, in your 20s, after you get out of what Gabrielle called the degree cycle, you get into this place where it's all about how do I start my career, start climbing the ladder, start achieving these benchmarks, and nobody ever comes along and taps you on the shoulder and says, no, but the real secret of success is when you start to realize that everything you have inside of you, your purpose, if you'll take that and help somebody in the economy or the marketplace experience a before and after transformation, that's where your fulfillment's gonna come from. There's financial transactions. There are paychecks that get put into our accounts you know, you know, every two weeks or every month, depending on how you get paid. But there's also a different kind of transaction and, and we call it fulfillment transactions. And those are the ones that are more valuable. Those are the ones that produce longer term, sustained um, happiness, if you will, in your life. When you recognize that your purpose is what you have to help others, fulfillment is a result of using that and helping people with it. That's the secret to fulfillment. And what, there's another secret too, and that is people may go through life and experience little flashes of happiness, you know, maybe they got a promotion and the high of that sticks around for a while or got a raise and the high of that sticks around for a while or got to do something exciting, maybe travel the world. But those are like flash in the pan moments, flash in the pan happiness that eventually fades. But the only way to produce long-term fulfillment uh, is actually to discover your purpose. In fact, it's actually impossible to experience fulfillment if you don't first discover your purpose because purpose is a prerequisite to fulfillment. Yeah, I agree. I've actually never really thought about it that simply and that directly. But, you know, if you don't know your direction, you can't truly be happy. Yeah, there's a um, it's I think it's because, you know, how can you feel something that you're not aware of how to feel it? You know what I mean? If you don't know your purpose and fulfillment only comes from using your purpose to help others. If you don't know your purpose, it's impossible to feel fulfilled. Or if you don't know that simple truth, that fulfillment comes from using your purpose to help others, it's also impossible to be fulfilled. Like I said, you might get little moments where you're happy, then not happy. You go do this, you're happy, and that, that works for a little while. But that long-lasting sense of fulfillment is preceded by discovery of purpose. Yeah, I agree. So what motivates you guys to succeed? 
The big thing for us when it comes to motivation is the transformation of other people's lives. Whether you are in business for yourself, you work for a company, you're you know, a stay-at-home parent, whoever you are and wherever you come from, fulfillment happens when you use your purpose to help other people experience transformation. And so for us, we're pulled by the opportunity to be able to see people have that aha moment. I mean, we started this purpose of purpose discovery um, path years and years ago, um, right when we first got married, because people would very, you know, well-intentioned say, you know, go find your purpose and, you know, you need to go find your purpose and, you know, be, you know, purpose-driven leader. And there were all of these throwaway platitudes that sounded like good advice, but they weren't good. They were just lines that you throw out or find on a motivational Instagram post. Like it didn't really matter. It didn't mean anything to us because it didn't, it didn't matter at the time. So we went through the process, that painstaking process of researching ancient principles, uh, universal truths, modern motivators, distilling it into a system to be able to first help ourselves find our purpose And then we started using it on our friends and having dinner parties and then doing weekends away with people and then, you know, using it on our clients. And now we have a a whole system for folks called Purpose Mastery that people can, can walk through it themselves. But there's nothing more motivating than getting a phone call or a text from someone who said, you know, I finally made more money this month than I ever made working for, for my last employer. Or, you know, just yesterday, we got a, a text from a friend of ours who went through a program who was like, I now am, have my dream job working as an NFL reporter when before I thought I was going to get stuck as an account executive for the rest of my life. Helping people get clarity about who they are, where they're going, and, and who they can help is not only something that motivates us, that pulls us up every day, gets us going. I mean, we wake up before our alarm clock and our, you know, run into the, run into the office to, to jump in because when you recognize that every day and every moment is an opportunity to help someone experience transformation, you're so driven to stay the course, to do the work and to show up because you know what's there on the other side. Yeah, that's awesome. I think it's also important, obviously, when you have a career or a focus where you're directly helping other people. And I think like you mentioned that purpose, I think it's important for anyone to find that as soon as possible in life, because I think there's people out there that just pass by life that never truly explore what that is, sometimes get stuck in a nine to five or other kind of obligations that life has to throw at us and never really kind of pursues their passions or actually tries to discover what they're actually passionate about and what their purpose is. I think there's a lot of kicking the can down the road uh, when it comes to what you just said. There's a lot of kicking the can down the road when it comes to purpose. Um, And it kind of goes like this. You know, when you're in high school, everybody tells you you need to get good grades, be well-rounded, you know, do some community kind of service things, get up those hours and then get into a good school, make sure your SATs or whatever, they're in the right place. And so it becomes this, well, I'm not really going to focus on finding my purpose right now because I need to focus on getting into school. And then after school, it's, all right, I'm going to be an adult, got to focus on getting that first job, getting settled down, whatever that means, getting settled down, you know, meeting the person that I'm going to marry and eventually having kids, can't find my purpose right now. And then they get into their 30s and their 40s and they head towards that midlife crisis and they're like, well, I need to just focus on keeping this job 
parentheses, the one I don't like, and uh, I'll find my purpose later. And so there are so many phases of life and every phase of life, there is a reason by which you could say, I don't have time to dig deep and find my exact purpose right now because I've got to focus on this thing. I got to focus on getting into school, having kids, uh, you know, growing in my career, even if I don't really like it because it makes me money. There are so many moments by which an individual kicks this, I need to discover my purpose can down the road. And what ends up happening is you end up doing it in every season. And before you know it, you're in that phase of end of life reflection and you start to recognize that there might be a pile of regret that was building up in the corner that you didn't even pay attention to until it's too late. Yeah. I mean, people will tell us all the time, you know, it's, it's just not a convenient time for me to really focus on, on my purpose. It's like, okay, convenient. Is it It's probably not very convenient to be depressed or to be anxious <laughs> or to be frustrated or to be lonely or to question yourself and your, in, in the path that you've chosen. I mean, those are much more inconvenient because they nag at you. I mean, I'll talk to folks about, you know, this discovery of purpose and where they're at especially in the season where maybe people are out of work or they're in transition or maybe they're in a, in a job situation that they hadn't foreseen. And I'll ask them, you know, how often are you think about, thinking about these things? And they'll tell me 10 hours a day. That's inconvenient. Those, you know, those moments where you're, you're questioning, you know, that direction and wondering, do I still have what it takes? Or am I just going to you know, end up my life with a, a whole bunch of potential in the backseat. You know, I think the, the, the call to discover your purpose is one that we experience from the moment we, got, we, we wake up in the morning to the moment that we fall asleep at night. It's there in the background. It really just depends on how effectively are you, are you, you know, dumbing down that voice and just trying to push through the day. Yeah, I agree. And I think there'll never be a right time to do something or that perfect time where things kind of settle down or people will have kids. And, well, maybe I'll try this when the kids are out of the the house. And now I'm caring for, you know, an elderly or sick loved one. But there's always going to be something in every stage of life. So unless you make that first step, which is an inner battle with yourself, I always say you versus you, take that first step and then, you know, try to read something and get out of your own head. Yeah, there's this, I mean, it's it, the battle you're talking about is like a battle of priorities. And this is a classic conversation that people have with themselves or should have with themselves. And it's never about, I don't have time. We know that that's always BS. It's not, you don't have time. It's, I don't want to do this right now. And the answer, I don't want to do this right now, actually may have nothing to do with, let's say, raising your kids or nothing to do with focusing on settling down and buying a house. It actually may have nothing to do with that. It's because making a decision to discover your exact purpose and then make another decision to go into the, into the world, into the economy and do something with that, that's a decision that reflects some uncertainty. And we don't like uncertainty. There's a fear of failure. There's a fear of loss. There's a fear of what if this doesn't work out? What if, what if I regret making that decision? There's all this uncertainty built up around this discovery. But what you realize is that feeling of uncertainty is, is just, a, just kind of a moment. Because once you get past that discovery, and then you go out into the world and start taking action on transforming lives, once you do that, you realize that where you were was actually the worst place to be. 
And so many people will accept their life as it is, even if on a scale of one to 10, it's a five or a seven, because the comfort of the certainty is better than the uncertainty of what it would mean to live a life of total fulfillment. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's one of those things also, uh, comfort and complacency. So I think that's kind of the death of innovation and getting to where you need to go, because obviously human beings are creatures of habit and you want to stay in that comfort zone. So when something new comes in terms of an idea an endeavor, a relationship, anything like that, that your, your mind's automatically going to try to dissuade you and keep you in that comfort zone. Yeah, but I think the opposite is also true. I think because we tell ourselves that change is hard, I think that we almost romanticize the process of changing. And so we pick up hobbies and we join gyms and we start side hustles and we decide we're going to write a book. And we have this shiny object syndrome that distracts us from the most important things. So I, I think that we can also, too, run away from the big questions by loading up on a whole lot of should-dos and have-tos in a category that doesn't really matter. So we're saying, oh, yeah, I'm working on all these projects, but it may not be the right project that we're supposed to be going after. So I, I think that the, the myth of momentum is extremely dangerous, particularly for the achiever types who are so used to being in momentum and they want to keep moving forward. And when they don't know where they should be going next, they oftentimes pick up these side hustles and side distractions to be able to feel like they're moving in a particular direction. But at the end of the day, they're still just treading water. Yeah, I agree. So what's one thing you may have seen in yourself as a weakness in the past that you've turned around and utilized as a strength today? I think that's a really good question. Uh, I personally, um, when I was under the age of 10, I was sexually molested. And that can have all kinds of impacts on you, even as an adult, especially in your teen years, all kinds of things uh, that, that that can do to you. And people who go through that experience very, very young, like I did, um, really have two pathways that they can go. They can be bitter towards what happened to them. They can, um, you know, live angry over that. Or you can recognize that everything that has happened to you or everything that you have done, uh, and that could be successes and failures, all of it is redeemable for your purpose. And it always felt like, it used to feel like kind of, uh, I guess, a weakness or um, a, a painful spot in my life that I just wanted to delete and get rid of. But in reality, um, what it did for me is uh, it, it gave me a gift. All the good stuff that's happened to you, all the bad stuff that's happened to you, all of it is a gift to use to encourage other people, to transform other people. And I think what we've found out together is that any of the tough stuff that we've been through or even in places where we felt um, not good enough or insufficient or um, anything like that, we've always been able to figure out how to flip the narrative on that, flip the script on that and use it to transform others' lives. I think that that is one of the greatest things, the greatest skill sets that we've probably cultivated is no matter what it is, good or bad, success or failure, all of it's redeemable for helping someone. Uh, I'm going to flip the script on the bad and use it to help someone. That's, that's probably the number one thing. 
Yeah. And that really, I mean, every mountain that you've ever had to overcome really becomes a platform by which you can help other people. But the opposite is also true. Whereas a lot of times people will come to us and say, well, I really want to help, you know, stay at home moms, or I really want to help, you know, top executives. I want to help the, the specific group of people with their specific problem. But if that individual hasn't overcome that specific problem, you not only don't have experience, you don't have authority to help others overcome that same mountain. And so you, you really have more permission than you think that you do to be able to help others when you yourself have walked through that valley and overcome that challenge to be able to turn around and help others, maybe not through that exact same challenge, but you've developed the muscles to, you've developed the skill set to be able to overcome similar challenges and then certainly come alongside others who may be experiencing challenges in their own life. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I've seen things like when I was younger, domestic abuse and things of that nature. And my wife and I are foster parents. So we fostered 20 kids since June 2018. And they're coming from wow. situations and, and lives of, you know, seeing abuse, being abused physically, sexually, you know, mentally, things of that nature. So it's like a constant rebuilding process where you get a child that you don't know what makes them tick or trigger to try to rebuild them. I think, like you said, it's, in my opinion, someone that's been through what you've been through and an experience and then kind of can turn it around to help that person. They're more likely to connect on the, you know, emotional and personal level to begin with in order to kind of open up and get that help. So, you know, me, my wife and I are friends with other foster families. We've actually had five miscarriages in the last three years that has led us to fostering and foster care. So I think traumatic experiences like that, like you said, harnessing it and then using it for good for people that have been through it as well. Yeah, it's true. In fact, anything that you've gone through, uh, one of the parts to your purpose is your origin story. There are four parts to your purpose, but one of them is your origin story. And it's the moment or series of moments in your life that most shaped your perspective. And the goal is to try to pick the number one because that's the one that's most leverageable. So for example, what happened to me as a child is my number one. It had the most impact on me and it's required the most to overcome, the most out of me to overcome. And whatever you've overcome in your life on different parts of your timeline, whatever you've overcome, that is actually a really strong indicator of something that you may have, as Gabrielle put it, like an authority to help people with. You know, it's a great starting point because there are a lot of folks out there on the internet, LinkedIn, wherever that are articulating that they have some kind of skills or experience in helping people, but they really don't because they haven't really managed to do that for themselves. So they really can't manage to do that for someone else either. So your origin story, that moment, that series of moments that most shaped your perspective and usually it's not the good stuff. It's usually the stuff that brought you to your lowest point uh, where you really had to sit in self-reflection. That is a great indicator of it at a minimum, the type of people that you can serve. It's a great indicator as to uh, where you also have the most perspective, the most uh, experience to help someone through something similar. Um, and, and it's a great place to start when you're considering, you know, how can I use what I have to help others? Yeah, I agree. And I think uh, having that origin story and sharing it, it really positions you. If you are speaking to people, if you're looking to help people, you connect with the right people. So if you don't share your story or just say, you know, I do so and so or I'm here for so and so, 
you may be broadly attracting people that you may not necessarily be inclined to help if that makes sense. But through your story, you connect more and then connect with people that have been through similar experiences as well. Right. And the, that power of vulnerability is something that will really unlock so much opportunity. Everyone is in the people business, whether you're selling things online, whether you're selling retail, whether you're an employee, an employer, an entrepreneur, no matter where you are in the market, you're, you're in the business of people. And so being able to go in deep on yourself to understand what has influenced the way that I see the world and why do I feel called or drawn to help a certain group of people um, is really going to be such an important pivot point for you in your life. Because I think so many times we're taught, you know, go try a bunch of stuff, especially in your early 20s. And it's this... Um, intern mentality that's kept so many young people really locked in in either careers that they don't like or trying a bunch of things that isn't in line with who they are and what they should do. And so it's doing the hard work, going internally, focusing on, you know, what is it that um, that I want to be the best in the world at and then crafting and designing a life around that rather than waiting for, you know, life to happen to you switching your role in your life to determine that, you know what, life's going to happen because of me. And it's impossible to do that. It's impossible to lead your life and to lead others without fully knowing your, knowing your purpose. Yeah, I agree. So what's one piece of advice you guys may have for the audience, personal or professional? Um, I think it's a uh, advice of perspective. And that is this. Uh, not too long ago, a few years ago, um, my grandmother on my dad's side passed away from a, a kind of a long battle and complications of Parkinson's. And I was invited to um, give a eulogy at her funeral. And in preparing that eulogy, I was reflecting on her life because she was about 90 years old when she passed away. And that's a long life. And it made me think about the value of time and the value of my life. And we, it's, a, it's almost cliche to say time is your most precious resource. But I really was reflecting on that in, in um, preparing that eulogy. And I wanted to know, you know, if you consider the average lifespan of a person in America, male or female, um, what would it take to live just 1% of your productive life? Well, the average male, female in America lives to 78 years old. That's the average. And the average person starts contributing to society somewhere around the age of 20, depending on whether you went to high school and just went out into the workplace or you went to college and it took a few extra years. But it's about 58 years of opportunity to be productive and use your purpose to help others. Well, if it's 58 years of productivity available to you, then it takes just seven months to live 1% of your productive life. And that put a lot of things in perspective for me. It made me realize that time does move a lot faster than we think it does. And that 1% goes by a lot faster than we think it does. And so when I figured out that it takes only seven months to live 1% of my productive life, it put perspective on the last seven months that I lived. Did I use them productively? Did I waste them? Did I spend most of my evenings doing Netflix and chill um, or what am I going to do with the next seven months, the next 1%? If there's anything that I could share, it's to have that perspective of the seven to one principle. Seven months equals 1% of my opportunity to know my exact purpose and use my exact purpose to help others. 
Yeah, that's awesome. That's a really interesting way of looking at it and the way that, you know, I think life is short, regardless, like you said, if it's the average is 78. So getting to and understanding what you contribute and who you are and what you can offer to those around you. Obviously, some people don't necessarily focus on that. Some people are driven by shiny things and continue to be driven by shiny things. But I think it's important when you start contributing, then that uh, aspect of your life and that happiness and how fulfilling your life can be can start really kind of kicking in. And you have a duty to, I mean, really your, your purpose is your duty. It's your, your duty to use what you have to help the people that you're supposed to help and recognizing where you are in that season of life, whether you're a student and seeing how you can serve your community, serve your colleagues, your peers, your family, whether you're an entrepreneur and you're serving the folks on your team or your customers or clients, if you're an employee, how you're connecting with your peers and your colleagues, your boss and your, and your vendors but every single day is a new opportunity to be able to use your purpose to help others experience transformation. And I think the, the power that Brian talked about is the power of perspective to recognize that, that you are the one who's in control of your life. You don't need to wait for other people to come alongside and give you permission and say, you know, yes, Roman, you should be able to do this or you have permission to pursue this. That purpose is inside of you and that purpose is your permission all along. So when you look at your life in context, recognizing that the next seven months can be like the last seven, or it could be completely different. It's up to you to determine how you want to use the next 1%, 2%, 10% of your life. Is it going on day to day, you know, like Groundhog Day where yesterday is the same as tomorrow? Or do you want to make a change, um, put in the effort, get clarity and use your purpose to make a difference and make a living? Yeah, I agree. So I really appreciate you stopping by today. Can you let the audience know how they can find you about the book when it's coming out? Sure. So our, our new book, Purpose Factor, Extreme Clarity for Why You're Here and What to Do With It, you can get it pre-order right now by going to purposefactorbook.com. That's purposefactorbook.com. And uh, we're really excited about the book and getting it in as many hands of folks as people as possible. And we've got folks like Tony Dungy and The Rock and Tim Tebow and uh, Rachel Hollis, folks who are really excited and coming out and endorsing, supporting the book. And, and I think it's really representative of, of not just a topic, but a movement of entrepreneurs, leaders, achievers who are entering into a new season and a new economy where purpose isn't just something that is nice to know. Purpose is something that you need to know. That's awesome. I really appreciate you guys stopping by today. Thank you. Thank you. This podcast has been brought to you by Nova Zora Digital. Find out how Nova Zora Digital can help your company grow online. Learn more at NovaZoraDigital.com. Until next time, all you digital savages.